November 29th. Welcome to the Just Baseball Show. I'm Peter Apple. That's Aram Layton. And guess what's also back, Aram? We're playing general manager again. I remember last offseason, uh, MLB, we got locked out and we had to do yeah. all these different playing general managers, but it actually was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of our listeners liked it. Also, listeners of the Just Baseball Show, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Arm, how was your Thanksgiving before we talk about the Seattle Mariners? Yeah, it was great, man. I, I uh, It was good to be home. Got to see my grandparents. Got to enjoy some football. You know, pretty pretty state-of-the-art, normal Thanksgiving, which is exactly what I wanted. And uh, I know you did a lot of the same. So how was, uh, how was the West Coast side? Good? It was great. It was good to be back. Um, lost some football bets on Thanksgiving. Nothing more okay. Thanksgiving than that. Um, but didn't lose all of them. So, you know, there's there's a win there. Um, I did the classic, you know, you go out on the town Wednesday night. Oh, I did um, that. And I, just, I'm still recovering. Yeah, I'm literally I'm still exhausted. So if our brain cells aren't fully intact here for this episode <laughs> on the Mariners, forgive us. It is Tuesday of next week and we are all well, it's Monday. So we didn't have a full time to recoup. But we'll I need a full week nowadays. I think after like a, a long night out, I it takes me a full week to recover. And I know our older listeners are listening to this being like, they're like, complaining at 24 years old. Yeah. Shut yes. the hell up. Yes. <laughs> um, so just uh, listeners, we are going to be um, doing general manager episodes for about the next month. Um, there are a couple of free agent things um, that we have to go over, but I think we're going to save that more for the Friday episode when it's yeah. Jack, Aram, and I to kind of go over everything that's happened because there's only been a few moves here and there. Um, but Let's just get straight into the Mariners or anything that we have to cover beforehand. Yeah, I think we just mentioned Abreu real quick and then we'll get into the Mariners. We'll, we'll talk more about the Abreu fit, I think, on Friday. But I think you're know, just just quickly discussing that signing. That's a guy that we would probably have sent. Well, you you texted me before we started, by the way. You're like, you know, who's a great fit, Brad Boxberger, uh, because it, for those who did listen to the GM episode that got us through the lockout, as you mentioned last year, there were certain candidates that we like shoved to every team. And Brad Boxberger was one of them. I think Jose Abreu would have been a very popular guy for us to move around with the universal DH. And he's still competent at first base. So any team that needs a, a veteran hitter, he's in that price range where we could have j- maybe justified him for a small market. Market team and a large market team would also be interested in him as well because he's still very good. Houston Astros sign him. Uh, I mean, it's a perfect spot for him. And uh, you said it on Twitter. You're like, yeah, let's you know cancel the 2023 season. Basically, obviously, we said the same thing in the past about the Dodgers. But your point stands. Like the best team just got a lot better uh, because they didn't get anything from first base really last year at spots with how bad Yuli Gurriel really was. Um, this is a really good addition to an already really good team. Yeah. And um, I was looking at Bob Nightingale's comments and um, uh, a couple of people were like, oh, we Astros fans like we already won the World Series. And then there's some comments under it 
well, you guys are going to lose Verlander. Are you going to win then? And then another commenter just listed off five elite starting pitchers that they could just plug into his place. And then I really thought to myself, that's why I tweeted it after I got kind of depressed. And I thought to myself, we could play general manager for all these different teams. And yet the Astros might just take home the World Series in 2023 with the signing of Jose Bree. But I like the point that you brought up about Brad Boxberger, because, yes, on last year's playing general manager episodes, I gave Brad Boxberger to every single team kind of as a running gag. But that's kind of the point. Um, Not it's not the point, but. The main point is we are playing general manager for each team. If we sign Dansby Swanson to the Mariners, that doesn't mean that we can't go in as the Atlanta Braves when we play general manager for them and not sign Dansby Swanson. We're trying to do the best job within the parameters of what we think that the Mariners will do. Yes. Like we're not just, oh, yeah, you know what? The Mariners have Dylan Moore and J.P. Crawford at short seven second base. We don't like them that much. We're going to give them Carlos Gray and Trey Turner. Like that's yeah. not how we're going to do it. Right. Because re- realistically, I, I would love to ship J.P. Crawford out of town and and get a different shortstop. But as we know, that's something that Jerry Depoto has said pretty cut and dry. You could look at, you know, whether it's with The Athletic or MLB.com or whatever. There's been a lot of different quotes from him basically saying J.P.'s our guy. J.P.'s our shortstop. And he has to say that because they paid him to be the shortstop. So when we go around the diamond, we pretty much have to lock him in at short. We'll float some ideas potentially. I don't know totally what you have ready to go, but we do have to operate under the assumption that it is a very high, high, high probability that they are not going to move JP from short. If anything, they were hoping to sign one of the other shortstops to put it second base, which is crazy. So we're going to base it on, you know, what the reports are, what everybody is saying from the organization around the organization so that we can try to make it as close to reality as possible while having some fun with it. And it's funny because we talk about the Astros. The Mariners need to catch the Astros. They're not going to, but that's the goal, right? They finished, they might. even though they they had After a great season, done, they might. 16 games to make up. They got yeah. 16 games to make up. So that's their focus this offseason. I think they're off to a great start. And without further ado, let's kind of set the stage and get into it. Let's do it. So what we're going to do in these episodes is we're going to give a quick recap of the 2022 season. We're going to be players that are kind of just set in stone, the leaders of the team. We're going to look at kind of the holes that need to be filled. We're then going to go over some free agent options that make sense, and we're going to end it with some trades. So the Seattle Mariners, like you said, were 16 games back of the Houston Astros. They finished 90 and 72. The big thing last year was run differential, and it didn't seem to matter because they were again a playoff team not again a playoff team this time they were a playoff team they beat the longest MLB postseason drought congrats to the Seattle Mariners um they were really led by Julio Rodriguez he led them in war he led them in batting average he led them in OPS Ty France was also an incredible contributor at first base Julio Rodriguez in the outfield wins rookie of the year Cal Raleigh comes on strong with 30 plus home runs a Eugenio Suarez with 31 home runs You know, Jesse Winker was a big disappointment, but again, that trade ended up kind of being the AU Henio Suarez trade because he was all the way worth it in that deal. They traded for Luis Castillo at the deadline, which gave them a deadly five-man rotation. Um, George Kirby, he could have been rookie of the year if Julio Rodriguez didn't exist. He was awesome. Um, And then the bullpen was just unbelievable. Matt Brash had around a seven ERA in the rotation, but then they decided, you know, we're going to send you down to triple a let's, really try and focus in on the bullpen. And he was awesome after Paul Sewald, Andres Munoz, but then they traded away 
um, Eric Swanson in exchange and a lefty minor leaguer in exchange Adam for Matt, Matt, Oscar, Yeah. Yeah, this offseason. Um, and now when we kind of look at the holes that the Mariners need to fill, because right now center field is locked up for 14 years with yeah. Julio Rodriguez. Ty France ain't moving from first base. You'd assume that A. Eugenio Suarez will be the third baseman as he should be. Cal Raleigh should be the catcher. Teoscar Hernandez is going to be manning right field. But let me know again. We talked a little about J.P. Crawford. What do you see the holes that need to be filled for the Seattle Mariners in 2023? I mean, I think they've got some ground to make up. It's short, but you know, we we could be going back and forth on that all all episode. Clearly, they they value JP at short, and that's where they want him to be. And and un- operating under that assumption, I, I think second base is is a spot where they really need to to upgrade. You look at the outfield. You know, they're going to lose Mitch Haniger to free agency, presumably, which is why they made that Tay Oscar move. I'm a big Mitch Haniger believer. I love him, but at the end of the day. He has not stayed on the field. And Teoscar Hernandez shook off a slow start and really finished strong. He's a stud. He's a guy that's been on the field a little bit more. That's an upgrade, right? So they go and get their guy, Teoscar. The bullpen, they could afford to cut, you know, and we'll get to it. They could afford to give up a, a quality arm because they have so many others. I think the big spot that they need to add is, is a corner outfielder. I, I really don't know if Jesse Winker is going to be back as a Seattle Mariner. We've seen reports of, you know, a little bit of, I would say turbulence in that relationship. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he really was the hardest working in the clubhouse by the reports. Ryan Devish spoke about that from, I believe it was Seattle times. And, and, and he really did kind of break it down. And I think Winker might need a change of scenery and, and for, for the Mariners, they still got Eugenio Suarez out of it. So I could see him maybe heading out of town. I look at their lefty bats, bro. Like, their lefty bats aren't good right now. And I think that's no. got to be the, the biggest hole, right? You got Jesse Winker, who struggled. He, he slugged 344. You got Jared Kelnick. We know the story there. And you got J.P. Crawford. Those are your three left-handed bats, excluding the switch hitting Cal Rowley, who I love. I mean, he played through a thumb injury. He is their guy at catcher. Tom Murphy, fine backup. They're good in that spot. They need lefty bats. And I think that's that's the the big focus here. And I think you get that lefty bat through the outfield. I guess we can start there. Are you, are you out on Jesse Winker as a Seattle Mariner or do you, like, do you think it's selling low? It's going to be, well, is selling low. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a no brainer. 8 million next year. I mean, that's, that's a fair price in this market for a guy that has the track record. And at the end of the day, he got a, on base at a three forty four clip. The defense stunk, but this is still an above average offensive player, especially if you platoon him properly. Um, but I just think they need too much help on the left with a left-handed bat. I'd rather go get somebody else. Do you ship Winker out of town? I don't think you can because you're going to get nothing. You're mm-hmm. selling at the lowest level possible. And I I totally agree with you. There's been turbulence. There's been bad reports out of camp. But I have to give him one more chance because you said it yourself. The weakness on this team right now is left-handed bats. And also, I want to correct myself. I said that Cal Raleigh hit 30 home runs. He had 27. It's my bad. I was all obsessed with Eugenio Suarez, but it felt like Cal Raleigh hit 30 home runs. But let's get back to it. The Mariners need these left-handed bats. And I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to hit Jesse Winker seventh next year and have him DH. If he has a problem, right, with with um, training and, and getting everything ready, just be like, you know what? Hit. And if he just then has another bad year, then it's like, all right, you're done. But it's a, it was a new addition, new ballpark, new form of teammates. Let them get settled. We've seen guys have down years in their first year with teams. Yeah. 
maybe it just takes him another season because we can't forget how good he was with the Reds. He was never good at defense, but no. as a DH, especially, it, it'd be a lot different arm if he was a righty, right? It'd be a little bit different, but like they need the lefty. And right now they don't really have any other options at DH, right? I mean, you could go with Tom Murphy, but he's really, you could go with Abraham Toro, but I think you just got to go with Jesse Winker at DH at this point, unless you sell him for nothing. And then you spend more money in order to get a DH. That's what I do with him. Would you just ship him out of town? It's tough. I I think it would depend on how bad it is in the clubhouse. And and maybe it's not as bad as I say. And I think that's got to be really the the ultimate decider here. Because what's interesting is he can't really be worse than he was last year for his standards. Because again, he he didn't hit much. He still walked a ton and the power was sapped. But he just underwent knee surgery in October and was also scheduled for neck surgery. So both his knee and his neck were plaguing him all year. I, I can't imagine trying to hit with a bad knee and a bad ne- bad neck. Maybe that was part of the reason why he was a you know not as into the you know training and program as you know maybe some of the other players were with with, with the word around that. But you know you, you look at the previous two years, or it's a year and a half where he had 110 games in 2021, 54 games in 2020. He was really darn good, and even before that, in short spurts, he's been great. He's a great offensive piece. But health concerns have been the issue too, right? Like we always talked about it when he was in Cincinnati. Man, if this guy can stay healthy, he's he's a force. So you also have the health issue too. They do send Kyle Lewis out of town. They get Cooper Hummel. That was one other thing that we we didn't mention to the Diamondbacks. That gets rid of one injury-prone guy. So yep. you do have room, I guess, to have that other injury-prone guy that's going to slide into that DH role. Teams don't want to clog up their DH anymore, right? So I think that's why they sent... Lewis out of town. Hummel can catch play corner outfield. Like he can do a little bit of everything and he's a switch hitter. So that's another guy that might end up being a left-handed option for you. If he can continue to progress. Here's the funny thing though. Cooper Hummel is kind of similar to Jesse Winker in regards to he walks a shitload. So I do wonder if they added Hummel thinking, okay, either if it doesn't work with Winker, this is our backup plan or Winker's expendable. I know Hummel, it's got to all go right for him to be as good as Winker, but he walks a ton and he gives you more value defensively. If he doesn't hit quite as well, it might be more palatable. Um, it, it's an interesting spot. I'm very curious to see how they navigate Jesse Winker, but I feel like if he was going to get traded, it might've happened by now. And you talk about selling low with a knee and a neck surgery, they might be selling for nothing. So that's what I'm saying. What are you going to get it, a bag of nails? Yeah, I, I think you hold on. I do agree. I think you hold on. Like um, the Moneyball meme. It's like we need yeah. soda. Yeah, like, like literally, like that's Jesse all Winker. they're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and he's too, too good. He's and it's too so good much upside, that. right? If he just yeah. like goes to the gym three days a week, we could <laughs> and, be looking at an all star. <laughs> and if these surgeries were like issues that were nagging him, right? Like that, yeah. then we could be looking at a dude. And, and here's the thing: he just turned twenty nine. Like he's yeah, not on the other side. And he played one hundred eighteen games in left field. Split him more up with DH, protect him a little bit more. Platoon him. I, I think I think you sold me. I I agree. I, I'm gonna hold on to Jesse Winker here. Okay, let's move over to another corner outfielder who I'm just really excited to pick your brain about this guy. Um, because I think you've been following him since he was four years old, I think, maybe five, Jared Kelnick. Um <laughs> I mean, Kelnick, oh man, he was bad. I mean, one slash 141, 221, 313 last year. 
but just so much freaking potential, dude. I mean, so athletic. I think at his peak, he could be a 25-25 guy who hits 290 and plays good quarter, but he just hasn't shown anything yet, but he's shown flashes. That's why I was like, you can't give up on him, right? You just can't. It's crazy, man, because he's still just 23. And like yeah, 23, just turned 23, right? Like he's not even, he's not even like, you know, he's 22 all seas. He, he got rushed to the big leagues, struggled, and and it kind of just set this spiral. And you know, we've spent so much time talking about Kelnick. And, and I think it's gotten to the point now where people are just kind of counting him out. And, and it's tough because if you're a team like the Mariners, you're trying to win now. You're trying to get better now, right? You, you stalled out in the, in, in the first series of the playoffs and offensively and, and that kind of did you in you're looking to upgrade any way you can offensively but 141 221 313 slash line this year in 54 big league games is is abysmal but what does he do in triple a again continues to mash and people can say okay that's a quadruple a guy I, right. I, I i'm not ready to say that um yeah. The power is is more impressive, I think, than people think. The exavilos are really impressive. He crushes fastballs. Breaking balls seem to be the issue. Yeah. And, and that's something that's concerning because some guys just never figure that out. I think you gotta try again, right? But how? How? Are you are you starting him in the big leagues? Like, are you starting him in AAA again next year after debuting in 2021? Right? Like this is gonna be now his third year of of being in AAA. Um, and kind of back and forth, like, how do you handle that? And that's something that is is beyond me, because I think if you're the, the Mariners and you're serious about, you know, trying to get better and catch the reigning champs, can you seriously say you're putting your best foot forward with Jared Kalnick as the opening day corner outfielder, presumably in left? Jerry Layton, arm Depoto, nut up. This is our job right now. We're in November. We're supposed to decide if Jared Keldick's going to play left field for the Mariners. That's our job here. The listeners don't want it to be up in the air. We took over this team for this half hour, 45 minutes, hour episode. It's probably going to be hour 15 because when Arm and I get started talking, we start talking. Yeah. That's the reality of the situation here. Ah, got to decide. And you know what? I oh shit. It's so hard. I would start him in left. I would. Wow. I would. It's now or never. It's not even now or never. Jacob DeGrom was good at 26. I know it's a pitcher. I know it's a different story. And I'm not comparing those two. But, I mean, Jared Kelnick was one of the top, tippity, top prospects in the entire sport. This guy has so much talent. But I would okay. start him in left field. Because I uh, don't think if he flames out, I think this Mariners team is so talented in so many other areas that you can risk that right okay and then it's there's so much upside but you just said run it back at dh and we just ran it back with jared kelnick how are we getting better well we're gonna make some moves we're gonna okay. this, this episode ain't over yet we're like 20 minutes into like a 45 minute episode okay. right we ain't, we ain't done yet i'm gonna say i'm gonna say if we're bringing back winker i i think you've you gotta have <laughs> You, you, you got you got to go get an outfielder. Maybe you you see how Kelnick does in the spring and and start him outfielder. Start him in Triple A. I, I want I want to go get Conforto, yeah. and and I've seen reports of of them being linked together. The Mariners are interested. Conforto is from the Seattle area. That's where he mm. went to high school, and I I just want a consistent left handed bat. 
and I know he he is Conforto's been so consistent. <laughs> yeah, when he, I think he will be consistent. I, I think he will. Um, you could go Benny, but I think I think Conforto gives you more upside. And I think when Conforto's healthy, he's going to just be that 280, 20 to 25 homers, maybe a little bit more, play a decent defense in a corner and, and just get on base at a good clip like that. They need that. And you look at what they did this year, right? They got on base really well. Uh, they, they they slugged. I think they were top 10 in ISO. But just in terms of hits, like like fuck the advanced stats, just, just cumulative hits. They were bottom five in Major League Baseball. And I know that's the very baseline stat it's the object of the game though. And, you know, I look at that for offenses that are streaky and stall out. It's sometimes the offenses that just struggle to put the ball in play and just accumulate hits. And that seems like it was exactly what happened as they ran into the buzzsaw. That was the Astros. I want guys to just put bat on ball. And, and I think Conforto, he's going to strike out a little bit, but he's going to keep it in the low twenties and he's going to put bat on ball. And I, I think Conforto or Ben attendee, who's even the higher, higher echelon of that bat to ball guy seems like a perfect fit. Um, I don't see Ben attendee going coast to coast. You never know money talks and the way they've been interested in Adam Frazier, Adam Frazier seems like the poor man's Ben attendee, right? Like yeah, they, they had Adam Frazier out there. Ben attendee's way better. Uh, that could be another you know, really solid outfield bat for you. Uh, it's going to be a one-year deal with Conforto. It'll probably be a multiple-year deal cheaper for Benny. I think a one-year for Conforto while you wait and see what Kelnick's doing is perfect because if Kelnick figures it out, okay, you, you, Conforto's going to hit free agency next year anyways because that's what the, that's what him and his agent want. Um, and, and that way you're not blocking Kelnick, but you have an insurance policy in case this guy freaking stinks again. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying too. Uh, it's just, it almost feels like you're giving up on him a little bit though, right? I, I just don't think he's earned the opening day job. I think that's fine. I think that's fair. But it's almost like these guys that are so highly touted, it's like you have to see what you got sooner than later. I, like he's got he's got chances. Yeah, he has. You're right. He's had a but, lot but of chances. Points, the chances at 21, 22 years old. Like said, this is my common phrase. Can we give the man a second? We gave him some seconds. We did. He's got some seconds. seconds. Yeah, we gave him some seconds. Like, All right. I want to see him in triple A. Okay. What is he going to hit again? And then what do you do? What if he hits 300 in triple A again? Then you, you, you see where he fits in, right? How is Winker looking? How is Conforto looking? Is he healthy? Like, he's your he's your insurance plan to two guys that need insurance policies in Winker and Conforto, who, you know, we haven't seen Conforto in a while. I think he's going to be fine, and I think he's going to be consistent. But – at the end of the day, we haven't seen him. Winker coming off of two pretty crazy surgeries. Uh, I, I think that might be the way to approach it. And of course, you still have that revolving DH corner outfield type of role that those two guys could be in. I, I think that's what you got to do. Because if you go into the season with Koenig as your everyday guy and you ignore and don't upgrade, you just left yourself exposed to, you know, what if Koenig sucks? <laughs> like, yeah. what if he is, continues to not put it together? I mean, how are they going to answer that? Now you're, you're it's early in the season. Nobody's available. Teams aren't looking to trade their guys. Uh, free agency's done. How are you upgrading? You're, you're hoping Cooper Hummel steps in, I guess. Could be nice. No, but I think you're right on there. Um, and I, I like how we're kind of weaving free agent decisions kind of into these holes, how we're going to fit them instead of doing it piece by piece, because I think that makes a lot more sense. Um, I think we can sign Michael Conforto. I think that makes sense because there that's an upside play, right? It's yeah. like 
If Michael Conforto is a little bit injured, all right, now you have Kelnick. If Conforto's great, but Winker sucks, you can maybe then slot, because it's not like Teoscar is an all-world defender. I mean, you could maybe put Conforto in right, put Kelnick in left, do a lot of DHing with Teoscar, kind of move it around, because it's also not like Kelnick has proved to be an amazing left fielder either. No, and I think that's the way the team, these teams kind of want to do the the DH, you know, role. Unless you have a pure masher, right? Like you know, like a prime Nelly Cruz. Stanton, you, you don't you don't want to get yeah, him hurt. Or Stanton. You, know, you can rotate that DH and use it as kind of a way to keep guys keep guys healthy. And I'm sure they're going to want to do that with Conforto and Winker. Um, yeah, I think you, you add Conforto, and again, you you have Hummel as a backup plan as well. Uh, you're going to still, the season is so long and so many guys get hurt and things happen and whatever that you're going to be happy. You have the depth. That seems to be always the case. And I'm sure Kellenick will get his chances, uh, but you, you kind of want that to be okay. We got Kellenick. Let's give him a shot instead of like, please Kellenick, please, please hit. Uh, Cause then at that point you're in trouble. So Dylan Moore walks. I love Dylan Moore. <laughs> you can't. I mean, <laughs> that's my that's my shitty favorite player. All right, that's that's fine. That's fine, Bobby. I you know I love favorite shitty players, but he is thirty, um, and he slugged three eighty five. But OBP of three sixty eight. I mean, this is great not bench some, player. Great yeah, bench. Not player. this is not some schmuck, but at the same time, you can't. I don't think you can go into next year if your plan is to catch the Astros with him at second base. No, I had an idea. I wonder if it's the same idea I have. Let's hear it. Ezekiel Tovar is coming up for the Rockies. Okay, this wasn't my idea, but continue. <laughs> Ezekiel Tovar is coming up for the Rockies, which you love and you've convinced me because I went back and I watched. I mean, he's he looks so good, but this is not a Rockies episode. But the reason I bring him up, Brendan Rodgers is hitting arbitration. Is that a player? He won't be that expensive. Remember, this is a 92 WRC plus guy in Colorado. This is not a guy who's going to you know, make major headlines where we're going to have an episode talking about Brendan Rodgers, possibly to the Mariners. But could he use a change of scenery? And I know that's kind of a weird thing to say because you're like, Peter, change of scenery from Colorado. It's pretty nice to hit there. And you're going to Seattle where it's, it's not nice. To way hit. worse to hit. Way yeah. worse to hit there. But remember, Brendan Rodgers was a really, really good player and also defensively great, great in the infield. Would it make sense to possibly make a move for Brendan Rodgers? Because we could talk about them signing the big-time shortstops. We could talk about them signing Gene Segura, bringing him that's, back that's, to Seattle. That's what I yeah. wanted. And, and, we, and we could talk about that. But I'm thinking, what would it cost for a 26-year-old Brendan Rodgers? Like, would it cost, you know, Taylor Dollard? Or is that even too much? For a guy like Brendan Rodgers, like I, I think don't it would think be. it would be that expensive. I think you might be buying a little bit low and he could end up being a pretty solid player, but it doesn't solve the left handed bat. But if we already signed Michael Conforto, maybe that shoulders it a little bit. I was looking at that thinking to myself, I kind of like Brendan Rodgers on the Mariners. Huh? It's funny because he I mean, he was so good and and, and he's been a guy that I, I will not really give up on until he's done playing baseball. Me too. Um, I like one of those guys. Uh, I I wonder if the Rockies are in the same camp. I do wonder because I, I like him as a fit. I really do. I, and I think it's either an opportunity for them to, you know, cut their ties and say, okay, Tovar is our shortstop of the future. They've got other guys in the middle infield that are going to be coming exactly. up very soon. But 
they're probably still a couple years off. The Rockies the are Rockies are a couple now. years off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at their at their lineup right now, like what it's what it's expected to be. And again, I know this is a Mariners episode, but I don't know who they would plug in if they did trade Brandon Rogers. That's the only issue unless they go and sign somebody. I know they're like interested in spending money on Nemo and whoever and whoever. So if they want to go sign Gene Segura themselves, I mean, maybe maybe that happens. But I think they could put together a pretty a pretty easy package that would get the Rockies interested because the Mariners do just really develop arms well. And I know they've traded a lot of them, but they could trade a couple decent arms and I think go get a Rogers and he's still 26. Um, it's just, do you want another struggling, like hope he figures it out guy in the, in the mix here? Yeah, I guess you're right. I just thought cheap buy low option. I like the idea I like for another team. Him. If, if we we're talking like Marlins, I'm all the I'm all the hell in. If we're talking like some other teams, I just think with what they are dealing with of like rolling the dice, I kind of want a sure thing. I do really like that idea that I did not think you were going there at all. Right. Just kind of outside the box thinking. Um, but let's talk about Gene Segura because I think that was on your mind, too, because traveling back to Seattle. You like that fit? He's so cool. I, that's exactly where I was at. Because So Segura, he'll probably be what let's say it's a three-year deal which i think is if you offer him three years i think you can get him the option was declined at 19 over one year so you figure if he makes anywhere from 13 to 15 a year over three years three years 45 50 million like exactly i'll do that in two seconds i think this guy's going to age well he's still stealing bags he plays good defense a second if eugenio suarez goes down he can play third he got some versatility there um i i really like the bat he's consistent he's a great clubhouse guy it seems like it's a perfect like reunion and that's a huge upgrade up the middle in terms of offensive production. Uh, I would love to see Gene back in Seattle. I'm sure that's a popular target for them. Um, it's hard to really, it's really hard to say no to that. Right. Like I, I would think we'd almost have to float some other options because that seems like such an obvious no brainer for them. It's affordable and it's an upgrade right, right away. And again, a bat to ball guy that I, I think fits perfectly. I'm in. I mean, it, if it makes so much sense, we could just come up with other options or we could just sign him because that makes all the sense in the world. Like, I love the reunion aspect. I love the veteran presence. That's the only just hole that I, I wanted to fill in what you were saying because you laid it out perfectly. Just like the Mariners are a young team. Gene Segura just went to a World Series. Like, now he's officially been there. Like, I would love Gene Segura on the Mariners. Like, you're not relying on Gene Segura to hit third. You're li- relying on Gene Segura to maybe hit sixth, seventh in the lineup. Yeah. And as a sixth, seventh guy, love that fit. To your point, he's still playing fine defense. He's not this 36-year-old that you're just kind of tossing, like a Michael Brantley maybe that you hope he hits, but you're not really relying on defense. Like, no, Gene Segura can still play a good second base. And... I'm Mariners fans are probably like, well, what about we're going to get Correa, Dansby, or Trey? And it's like, I don't think you will because nah. the Mariners signed J.P. Crawford to be their shortstop. Jerry DePoto, whether Mariners fans like it or not, I understand if you don't. I wouldn't either. They signed him to be the shortstop next year. That's what the point was. Um, they still believe in him. Remember, if we're talking about Brendan Rodgers kind of being a top prospect and maybe finding something, it's not like J.P. Crawford wasn't. I think J.P. Crawford was even more highly touted. And J.P.'s only Brandon like a Rogers. year older. Exactly. <laughs> he's only like a year older. Like, I think they're going to roll with him. I think and and he's, owed, dude, he's owed 10, 20, 30, $41 million over the next four years. So... They have no choice. Like they, yeah. they have to 
hope that it just continues to to trend in the right direction, which I wouldn't even say continues. He started hot and really fell off. Uh, they have to hope that 28 year old now going into this next year, JP Crawford kind of figures it out and can, can be a low 700s OPS guy or whatever like that. I think they kind of locked themselves in on that, but I don't see them. Like you said, I don't see them going 300 million for, for a, a middle infielder. I think it makes sense to go shorter term, go Gene Segura. If there's another option there though, there's not that many other second basemen. Talk about shortstops moving there. That's the only like second baseman, second baseman. I feel like that you can really go out and get and instantly upgrades your offense. Like looking at the rest of it, you, you know, they're not really going to spend. I don't think they're going to spend massively. They don't need a first baseman DH type. As we talked about Ty Francis, their guy. I've got one other outfield bat that I don't think he's technically been posted yet, but Masataka Yoshida. Mm-hmm. Could be a really good option because we talked about him a little bit ago, a couple episodes ago. And I talked about how I really like how compact his swing is, how short he is to the ball. And I think that's going to translate to a plus hit tool at the big league level uh, stateside. Yeah. If he's that guy, right. He's bat to ball. He's got sneaky power. I, I They've never been afraid of going for those international free agents in the past. Worked out pretty well with Ichiro. Um, and they've done it other times since. I think Yoshida could be a, a good upside play as well. If they want a multi-year deal instead of Conforto, Yoshida could be a, a, a awesome option for them. Another option that I want to go over, and I talked about this in my article, which is still live on just baseball.com, 25 predictions that will definitely come true. Um, will they all come true? Eh, we'll see. Um, all right. We signed Gene Segura. We sent out a couple offer letters. We signed Gene Segura to a three-year, $45 million deal. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners. Welcome back, Gene Segura. We gave Michael Conforto a one-year deal, and we gave um, the Japanese outfielder a three-year deal. Both declined. They don't want us. They, they don't, don't want us. us. Michael Conforto wants two years. We're not willing to do that. And Ishida wants four years. What about packaging Emerson Hancock and pieces for Dalton Varsho? I love that fit for the Mariners. I love it for the Mariners. Bunch of different, he can play a bunch of different positions. And the reason why we're focusing on the offense is because this team finished 14th in OPS in baseball and 27th in average, 16th in on base. Their bullpen was elite and they're starting pitching, especially when they added Luis Castillo, hard to get much better. So we're not going to be adding much. And they still have a plethora of arms down in their system. We talked about Taylor Dollard. We talked about Emerson Hancock. And they still have more guys on the way. Is Emerson Hancock and maybe a piece or two for Dalton Varsho. Let's say we can't sign Conforto. Conforto wants too much. Ishida wants too much. Is that a better option here? Because I would prefer Varsho to any of those guys. Yeah, I mean, I would too. Um I, here's the weird thing is that that the the Mariners and the Diamondbacks just swapped play like just just made a trade for a catcher outfielder athlete weirdo that just uh, means and, they have him on speed dial and Cooper Hummel. Um, obviously, Varsho is way better. Um, but I just imagine if they just made that that Hummel deal for their catcher outfielder. I don't know if I don't know if the D backs will trade Varsho. We're, we're and, playing on our feet here. We just offered Conforto and Yoshida deals. They said no. And we already have them on speed. Uh, the D-backs, D-backs are turning this shit down. <laughs> They're turning that shit down. Are they down. turning down Emerson Hancock and pieces for Varsho? 
Hancock really struggled this year. Mm. And and I think they really like Varsho. I think the odd man out there is is if anyone is McCarthy. Um Varsho's a stud, as you He's know. Stud. Oh my God, I love him. That's why I want him on the Mariners. I love the idea. It was a great try. Diamondback said no. Interesting. So are we giving Conforto the two-year deal then? Would you go? I think Conforto wants one. So would you go high AAV on Conforto, or would you roll the dice on like a five-year deal for Yoshida? Five-year deal. Let me read you Masataka Yoshida's. Oh, five years. And say I got four. Is that what say I got? I thought he got four. I mean, I don't. So think Masataka Yoshida last year, three thirty-five, four forty-seven, five sixty-one slash line, eighty walks, four or eighty walks, forty-one strikeouts, twenty-one homers. Hmm. How old is he? 25, 28, 20, 29, 29. Five mm. years is tough. He just had his prime. That was his best season he's ever going to have. Arm. That, that might be, it was. It actually was his best year. He might have another one. He might. Comes over to America and immediately. I, I mean, uh, five years is a lot. It's a lot of money. It's going to be, what, $100 million? How much are you going to pay him? Suzuki got five years, 85. Okay, so you're not going to give him 100. That was stupid of me. You're probably going to give him 65, 50, maybe 11 a year, 55. Yeah. Five 50, years. Let's say five years, 60. 12 a year. I'm going to counter with uh, four for 48. He's, He's going to tell you to kick rocks. How is he going to tell me to kick rocks? He's 29, dude. <laughs> 29. What do you, what do you expect? I actually have no idea. I, like so, I, I was reading a piece in the Athletic. I just pulled it up. This is by Will Salmon. Masataka Yoshida evokes superstar comparisons, but reservations remain. Yeah. Okay, I'm going back to Conforto. Yoshida, I think he, I think Conforto because that was too much. He 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 got upset. Who with do you me. think you are? <laughs> Who do you think you are, Masataka? Um, fair. He 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 was getting bit up, which I think is going to happen. That's the thing. It's like Yoshida is going to get bit up. You have Conforto, who is going to have a plethora of one-year offers. But how about the team that is right by where he grew up for that one year? Get back to who you were. Prove yourself in an area where you're comfortable. I think you go, we, we give Yoshida the offer. He turns us down because he gets outbid, or we get outbid by the Yankees. Um, Yankees come in at $400 million yeah. and and. Don't sign judge. So that's, that's it. It's over. Um, I think the one year to Conforto, because again, if, if I'm not swearing off Kelnick, I, but I'm also not just that's giving the him the job. I'm not Yoshida, giving him the job. If you sign Yoshida five yeah. year deal. No, no, he's like, he's, he's a little bit more blocked. fielder. That's he's your a left fielder. Yeah. So I, I think that's perfect. Cause you got Kelnick there. He's going to hit three twenty in triple A again. And then you're going to, I think we signed Conforto. We give him one year, $18 million. One year, 18 mil. I might change your mind real quick. I'm reading this article. Adam Jones, who, you know, plays out there in Japan. He called Yoshida the Japanese Juan Soto. I mean, there's the bat to ball. Jeez. But no, no, no. We're going Conforto. I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, Except Juan Soto is younger than Adley Rutschman, and Yoshida correct. is correct. older than it's washed. 
He's absolutely Garrett wild. <laughs> um, so we go one year at Conforto, bring him home. Bring we go home. three years to Segura. 45 mil to Segura. You think one year, 18 million for Conforto is fair? I think even, even less. You think 15, less? 15. We'll say 16.5. Yeah. Cut okay. it right down the middle. All right. So we just signed. So right now, the starting lineup is Hula Rodriguez in center, Ty France at first, Suarez at third. Raleigh at catcher, Teoscar in right, Winker at DH, Gene Segura at second base, JP Crawford at shortstop, Michael Conforto in left field. That's a fucking good team. It's a much better team, man. It's a pretty good team. That's like a good team. Where's the weakness? JP Crawford? (laughs) (laughs) Literally JP Crawford. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I like the bench. I love Dylan. Dylan Moore is like a perfect bench player, plays all over. 21 bases, back-to-back years. You got Toro, uh, you got Murphy. Toro, Murphy. I, I think Tramiel is a fine left-handed bat off the bench as well. We got to go to the rotation now, which is pretty solid. Like, are yeah. you, I mean, the four, there's four guys locked in, which is Castillo, Gilbert, Ray, Kirby. Yep. Brash is learning a cutter. And if Matt That's Brash good. has a – so the, the thing with Matt Brash, you talked about the starter uh, reliever discrepancy. I show. I remember when I showed you guys the Matt Brash slider, like year, like a year and a half ago, Bombing. and yeah, it was it was like nauseatingly gross. And it, be, I was like, this is going to become a pitching ninja favorite, and, and it literally did. But when a pitch moves that much, it's hard to locate for a strike. So, so he needed another out, like another secondary pitch that he could trust that he could, you know, land for a strike that isn't just the fastball. If he can find this cutter. I, th- this could really open up a lot for him. And, and, and I really want to see him get a shot as a starter because worst case scenario. Okay. Moving back to the bullpen. He's fine. But that being said, are you okay with Marco Gonzalez as your sixth starter? I think I am like, if it doesn't work for Matt Brash with the bullpen that, and Chris Flexen's still there. Are we trading exactly. Chris Flexen? Or we are we riding trade- with Chris Flexen? I think we just keep Chris Flexen. Like you lost Swanson in the pen and Flexen came in and was kind of decent in the I, know, I don't I don't get the I don't get the tr- like the 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 trade talks with Flex and like again do I go well, with the outfield? like they if it depending if on what cold, they could get I'm not shopping him though because I, no. I understand like he could be a rotation piece for somebody else but your pitching will go so quickly like a calls. couple guys go down and then yeah. all of a sudden you're, you're starting Justin Nicolino or something like that right or, or all Sheffield. of a sudden you're yeah, or you're starting just as chef. Like it goes qu- all of a sudden you can go from from deep to thin quite quickly. Yes. Um, I like having those insurance policies. I I think that's perfectly fine, right? Like you try Brash as a starter, start flexing in the bullpen. Is Marco Gonzalez in the bullpen? Like he can't be a reliever. That's the only problem, right? And they don't have lefty relievers. That's the biggest issue. Justice Sheffield's their only lefty reliever. Yeah, that's a good point. I think at this point with them, you keep Marco Gonzalez as the five. Like he had a four one three ERA last year. Is he he gives you a chance to win every day. And that's yeah. what you kind of need with a five. Like you don't expect your five to be elite, especially when your four is George Kirby, who at times looks like an ace, looked like an ace in the playoffs. Robbie Ray, who has a three starter, like he had 212 strikeouts. Yeah. Like he was like at least on a strikeout base, three seven one ERA. Like if he could just give you a 370 RA next year with 200 plus strikeouts. I mean, that's a three. That's a good three. And then you have Gilbert, who at times looks like an ace, and you have Castillo, who is a legit ace. So I think this rotation is more than fine. I think you keep Marco Gonzalez in the five, and you don't need to do anything. And then you have Flexen if 
you know, anything, if anything. Oh, so the only way I trade Flexen is if I get a lefty reliever. I really exactly. like. No, literally, exactly. Because I, I don't want to trade Flexen. I don't think there's any reason to unless you can, unless someone overpays for him, unless you're getting down to the wire here and you have a desperate team that needs starting pitching so badly. Maybe in spring training, a guy goes down. It's like, oh, we need Chris Flexen and they overpay. Which happens, which, which happens, happens all the time. It but happened I, with the Marlins uh, again. Like they, they panicked. Had uh, Dylan Foro went down, and they ended up overpaying for Cole Solcer and and Tanner Scott, and they gave exactly. up. Yeah, gave up a lot. So and the Mariners could cash in on that. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. All right, send an email out to all the gems, like as as Arm Depoto and Jerry Apple. We're not going to be sending out emails to GMs. Like, hey, anyone want to take this block. guy? No. Yeah. No. And we kind of talked about how like that with Tay Oscar felt like he was being shopped for so long that it, it almost felt like he was just just so readily available for so long that it almost impacted his value a little bit. There could be a trade partner similar to, to that Tay Oscar deal where it's like two teams that just match up really well. Swanson, instead of a big, a better prospect, was exactly what the Jays wanted. Right. They wanted somebody that can plug right into their bullpen. So I would say try. Yeah. Try to trade Flexen for a lefty reliever. If that's not there, then. Kind of stand pat, but do you need to sign a lefty reliever? Like, do they do they go get one because they legitimately don't have one? I don't know if it matters if all your righties are darn disgusting. So but. we have some money to play with. It's not like this. We're dealing with a poor mariner. It's not like this is the the episode for the Pittsburgh Pirates. With all due yeah. respect to the Pittsburgh Pirates, this isn't the Pittsburgh Pirates. Like we have yeah. some money. All we did was give Gene Segura a three or $45 million deal and Michael Conforto a one year, 16.5. Like they have money to play with. And what's wrong with signing Taylor Rogers? What's wrong with signing Andrew Chafin? What's wrong with signing Matt Moore? Like there are some good left-handed relievers out there that won't be that expensive. Like I would love to add Andrew Chafin. I would love to add. Matt Moore. I mean, do I want to add Taylor Rogers after that season? Maybe you can get it for cheap and you could fix something with him. The way the, the way the Mariners, the way the Mariners have unlocked their relievers. Exactly. Like the, like the way the Astros have. Like so, certain teams just have that have that recipe. Maybe you know, Taylor Rogers is the guy then. Unlock him again. Unlock Taylor. Get him back to where he, he needs to be. Because he still showed flat. Like it was a it was a rough year and he still showed flashes of dominance, right? Like he still had those stretches where he was really good. Um and I think he finished the year. Uh, with a a few solid outings. So I would say that's where you spend a little bit extra because we didn't end up going big up the middle, you know, with with shortstop or second base or whatever. We we got, you know, spent a little bit, didn't go crazy on the outfield. And I think you go get somebody here that if Taylor Rogers is back to his form, this is the best bullpen in baseball, maybe them and the Astros. And that's it. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's another bullpen and maybe the guardians, but I mean, they're tier one bullpen. No, yeah. no doubt about it. They already are like this might make them the best bullpen in baseball. I agree. If, if and Rogers can be there like 2022 traditional stats. If you're a Mariners fan, being like Taylor Rogers, guys, are you kidding me? Yeah, he had in 64 innings. He had a four, seven, six ERA. Um, he had 10 blown saves. <laughs> Holy shit. But he had four holds. Um, oh, yeah. Our best one. Uh, he had 12 batters. Yeah. <laughs> But look at his advanced stats for a little bit. He had almost 12 strikeouts per nine, which is not an advanced stat, but it's still 12 strikeouts per nine. 332 FIP, 326 XFIP, 411 XERA. So not nearly as bad as the production. I like it. I really and like the track the record. Again, this isn't we're not this isn't us talking about some guy who stunk for 10 years, right? He's exactly. been good. The underlying stats point towards him 
still being good. He just hit some walls and hit some snags in a year where he was traded and, and, and had a lot going on. Um, I think this is the signing too. I don't know what he costs. Relievers are impossible. Sometimes I see it and I'm like, that's it. And then sometimes I see it and I'm like that much. Robert Um, Ford's got five years. Correct. So So we're giving him a five-year deal. (laughs) Eight. Um, Like what? Two-year deal. I think a two-year deal for Rogers is, 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 is fine. 32 years old. So let's say two years, 25. Oh, that's a lot. I was going to say two years, 18. Call it two years, 20. Two years, 20. So we just gave two years, 20 million to Taylor Rogers um, as to add a lefty reliever to this bullpen. I don't think you have to trade Flexen unless someone over overvalues him, um, which I don't think a lot of teams will. Um, his advanced stats don't look that great. His just when you watch him, it's not like he's, you know, no offense. Anything he's just special. painfully. Average. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he gets out. He's a get outs guy, which I appreciate. Um but I'm not trading him. I'm doing Marco in my five, and I'm not going to get another starter. You don't need it. But we signed Gene Segur to a three-year deal. We signed Michael Conforto to a two-year deal or one-year deal, 16-5. Then we signed Taylor Rogers. There's not much else that we need to do here. This team is already a 90-win team, mm-hmm. and I think we just added three or four wins to this team. At least. At least, and they can add more if if some of their guys take that leap, right? You know, if Matt Brash takes that leap, if if Kirby takes that leap, Gilbert continues to take that leap, I, th- this whole team will get better. I have one interesting trade partner, though, that I, I have to float. Okay. The Baltimore Orioles could use a Chris Flexen, and mm. they have a lot of relievers, a lot of relievers, including several lefties. Uh, Nick Vespi is a guy that a lot of people like and just hasn't quite put it all together. That could be an intriguing option. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Sionel Perez might be untouchable with how disgusting he was last year. Um, and they've also got Keegan Aiken. Um, that Keegan. could be a trade partner. We don't have to craft one up, but that could be a trade partner for Chris Flexen down the line just to, just to like keep your eyes peeled um, because they need him. We'll get to the Orioles rotation uh, when we do the Orioles GM episode, but good God, they, they could use a Chris Flexen ASAP. Um, so that, that could be a trade partner as well. One of the few teams that like matches up really well with, with a reliever for a starter kind of swap. I think it's a very good idea. Okay. So we we're done. Julio yeah. Rodriguez in center, Ty France at first, Suarez at third, Raleigh at catcher, Teoscar in right, Winker at DH, Conforto in left. Gene Segura, we signed to a $345 million deal. We signed Michael Conforto to a one-year $16.5 million deal. We have J.P. Crawford. And then on the bench, we're going with Murphy, Toro, Haggerty. Um, I want to see Hummel get a shot. I, well, yeah, Hummel and Kelnick on the bench. Yeah. yeah. Um, Probably going to have to cut one of them, but we'll figure yeah. that out later. Figure it out in um, spring training. I got to see him. I got to see him. Luis Castillo, Gilbert, Robbie Ray, George Kirby, Marco Gonzalez. That's our five in the in the uh, rotation. So we're going with Paul Seymour. Are we are we giving Brash a, a shot first as a starter? Or are we letting spring training to determine we'll, that? We'll do a little we'll, bit. We'll go with Marco slash Matt Brash. Compete. Exactly. Or Chris compete Flexen. For it. We'll, we'll, who's, who, who wins the job? Who wants three it? Guys, three guys compete. Good organizations breed competition. Exactly. And we're a good organization. Yeah. Paul Seawold, Munez. Diego Castillo, 
right now we're signing Taylor Rogers to a two-year $20 million deal. We still got Penn Murphy. We still got Festa. Again, we have Flexen and Justice Sheffield. It's a fucking good team. It's a good team. It's a good that team. That team can hey. win 94-95 games. Shake For all those watching on YouTube, we're shaking our hands. We're shaking our hands. We did it. I think we did it. I think they they still don't win the division. Um, they should. It'll be like, oh, they'd win any other division. And I, I think that, look, here's the thing, too. Julio Rodriguez is going to get better. So yeah. believe it or not, and he was hurt. You know, he missed time this year. He didn't start, you know, phenomenally compared to yeah, how he finished. Like, this is a guy that's only going to get better. So they're going to gain a lot of wins just by the maturation of a lot of their young pieces. I also think Ty France bounces back. Yeah, he was, he was extremely disappointing was in the second half. Banged up, too. Like, and adding Teoscar Hernandez, we didn't do that. They did that for themselves. They did it. Yeah, I was going to say, thank you, Jerry. Like, we did. this was one of the easier playing GM episodes. We didn't have to do that much. And I, I think we've seen enough from Ty France to expect him to be closer to 2021 Ty France than 2022. Although, you take the, the, the whole season, only a three WRC plus difference. It was just how how much he struggled, you know, in the back half of the year. So I think he's going to bounce back and, and and have a really nice season. I think it's a little bit approach dependent too if he walks a bit more. But if all those guys take a little bit of a jump, and even if Kelnick doesn't pan out, I think this team is set up to be successful either way. And they're not dependent on the success of Winker and Kelnick, but they are able to fit those guys in if they are performing. And I think that's the perfect spot to be in if you're the Mariners. Exactly. A couple of house cleaning things on JustBaseball.com. We are churning out articles like nobody's business. You can go find a couple of those. One I just read is top 10 relievers remaining in the 2023 free agent class, which non-tender players could provide in a spark. We have a free agent tracker on there. We have top 10 underrated free agents. We have every team's most valuable trade tip. We have the top 50 free agents. We have everything under the sun that you can go find on JustBaseball.com. Aram is rocking his Just Baseball hoodie, which is still available. Available on the Just Baseball store. We are running out, so make sure to get yours quickly before they sell out. And the best way to do so, use code DINGER for 20% off. It runs through Wednesday. You're hearing this on Tuesday, so you got two days to go get your Just Baseball merch. We are running out of sizes, so make sure that you go grab yours. It's the best way to support this podcast. And another great way to support the podcast, if you could rate and review five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple, please let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Um, and also maybe write us a review and let us know which team that you want to see next in the general manager episodes. We're going to be pulling it a lot. Um, I know Aram initially we were talking like, which team should we do? I was like, you know what? Let's just pull it. But you wanted to talk about the Rangers. That might be the next episode with you and Jack. Cause I know you and Jack especially wanted to talk about them, but we're kind of going to play it on a case by case basis. So we're going to keep you wondering. Yep. Keep Anything you on your else? toes. Uh, big Cubs week wow. on the prospect side of things. Wow. So as you're listening to this Cubs top 10 prospect list is live at just baseball.com. Uh, as you're listening to this, Interview with Matt Mervis will drop tomorrow. And then shortly after an interview with Pete Crow Armstrong as well. So if you're a Cubs fan or just interested in really good prospects, because both those guys are really, really freaking good prospects. A couple fun interviews that I'm looking forward to on the call up and that top 10 Cubs prospect list live at just baseball.com. And with that, thank you, everybody. 